0: Uh, what's going on, everybody? My name is Arjun Gupta. I play Penny on Sci Fis and the Magicians. And welcome to the Coffee Clatch Podcast. Get ready for a wild ride. The Coffee Clatch Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Coffee Clatch Crew, the Magician's special Arjun Gupta interview episode. I'm Jason Pistorino.
2: I'm Christina Lomingino.
1: Because of our Clatchers, we were able to get Arjun Gupta on our podcast and we had a blast.
2: You guys sent your comments to him on Twitter, which was great. Thank you so much. I hope that encouraged him to come on and he was amazing. It was really great having him on here. Besides the fact that he's our favorite character <laughs> on The Magicians, he plays Penny. He's just a really nice guy. He's very well-spoken, so knowledgeable. About the character and the TV show. Give us a lot of good insights.
1: He was so laid back. Even from the start of the podcast, he just put us at ease. And we left it in there because we thought it shows his character really well. And you get to really know the real Arjun. He was so chill. I feel like he would have sat with us for another hour. And we did have more questions, but I got in my head like always and I panicked. I was like, All right, don't keep him too long. Stay cool. (laughs) Well, he covered
2: it, though. Even if we didn't get to ask it, he sort of preempted that and gave us the information anyway. Yeah, we could have talked forever. didn't want to take up too much of his time, but it was really interesting because it's not just the magicians. He also has so many other things going on that I'm not sure if you listeners know about, but you can hear about it here. Let me tell you a little bit about Arjun's background. He was born and raised in Florida, moved to New York to attend NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. He has co-founded a theater in California called Ammunition Theater Company. And he talks about that here in the podcast, which was really cool. Oh yeah, he
1: breaks it down for us.
2: To hear about. Along with his acting and running the theater, he also co-hosts a podcast, American Dasis.
1: That podcast, I listen to it. It's really fun.
2: As far as his acting career is concerned, he made his major film debut in 2009's Motherhood with Uma Thurman and Minnie Driver. And that same year, he also made his TV debut with the role of Sam on Nurse Jackie, which won a SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by Ensemble.
1: Yeah, he was awesome in that show. He had really long hair. When I saw it, I was like, oh man, it was a shock because it's such a different look.
2: (laughs) He looked younger too. He produced and starred in the play Dead Fish, and he was in the independent feature The Diabolical.
1: And he's got a movie coming out called The Hungry. It's a contemporary retelling of the Shakespearean tragedy Titus Andronicus. And he breaks that down for us, too. Really piqued my interest. I can't wait till that comes out. And we'll let you know when it does.
2: And of course, you guys all know him for starring as Penny in sci-fi's The Magicians. We talk about all that and more in this interview.
1: Yes. And at the end, as soon as we hung up, of course, my brain goes, shit, you forgot to tell him one of the most important things. And what Mm -hmm. we forgot to let him know was that he was this season's MVM, Most Valuable Magician. And I can't believe we've got to tell him. What's wrong with you?
2: He mentioned he knew he was MVP for the one episode, but we forgot about describing that we do MVM, Most Valuable Magician, for the entire season. And if he's listened to the podcast, he'll know, Jason, you broke all of our rules for MVP each episode by naming him more than once, and then at the end of the season for MVM, but deservedly so.
1: Yeah, I think I was going on three episodes in a row where I wanted to make him MVM, (laughs) and you got mad at me. You said, all right, you get one more. (laughs) And then that's it for the entire show because you can't just stay with him. And I understand that's fair, but you know what? doesn't matter because he got full season MVM and there's a trophy in the mail for you, <laughs> Arjun.
2: So we talk about some of the differences, book to TV, Penny, how Arjun approaches his character, the artistic vision behind that from Lev Grossman, John and Sarah Gamble, everybody involved in The Magicians, he gives us some teasers about what we can expect Oh yeah, next season.
1: It was so much fun. And he did mention that he would come on again. I hope he does. And I think, you know what? I think we became best friends. Stop that. No, we definitely became best friends. What's wrong with you? Okay, we were like really good friends. Something's wronger than usual. And he's a grown man.
0: Moving on.
2: So big thank you to Arjun for coming on the show. Big thank you to our Clatchers for getting him on here. We hope you guys enjoy.
1: Enjoy the show. Oh, whoa. Hello. (laughs) Hey, what's up, man? Hello. (laughs) Oh, Look at you
0: guys with your fancy. Hi, it's nice hey, to meet you. Hey, how you
2: doing? <laughs> nice um, to good. meet you.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be competing with best voice for you guys because this is two wonderful voices that I'm an, I'm a little frustrated are almost better than mine. Oh, I said stop. Almost, <laughs> no, I, said, I said almost. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this, is all, like, this is all really important stuff that I hope you're... Liz, this is a man drinking wine during this interview. How do we, yeah. how do we yeah. let no. the people know? How do I let the people know? When uh, when do we start this so I can let the people know? brother's getting drunk without me. Ugh. So we're recording now,
1: so go for it, man.
0: <laughs> I hadn't heard of you guys, to be honest, until on tweets, during the live tweeting, someone, I'll be honest, my vanity was peaked when I was with the MVP of some episode, yep. and I was like, MVP? Okay. <laughs> and then I started checking you guys out, and you guys are great, and I I truly, I have listened I listened to one earlier, but then I was listening to another one uh, today before, just to kind of get a sense of everything, and it's a you guys are great, and the, the attention and the um, I listened to the episode 12, Poison Room 1, because that's personally one of my favorite episodes oh, of, nice. um, of the season, just because I thought I really like the Sylvia and Penny relationship. I really like um, when Penny has these people that kind of show different sides of him because they kind of bring out the different sides of him and 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 having someone that makes him feel like he's a big brother. It's just an interesting color for him. And hopefully it's not the last we see of Sylvia. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but we are the Magicians, so I, I you never know. Of course. Um, it was nice to, to see. I, I did bring up... It did it I was thinking about one thing y'all talked about, though, which was the... Um, I think you were talking about how anticlimactic the Reynard situation was. Yes. And that there had... And the even that you mentioned it. the Beast situation... It was like build up and then there was like an anticlimactic thing. Yes. And I thought about that and I think, look, I'm not in the heads of John and Sarah and I've never asked them about this. So this is purely a theoretical thing that's based on the fact that Lev and what Lev did with the books was to, to really flip things on its head mm-hmm. a lot. Um, for example, you know, he puts us with a mentor, our Aslan slash Dumbledore figure is Fogg <laughs> who's not very good as a mentor. Nope. You know, because he's a flawed human. So, you know, that's like a trope that he flips on his head. And so I, I I'm like, how often are things actually climactic in life, in real life? Mm-hmm. You know that's what I true. mean? The reality of life is that there aren't big bads in our day to day. Like that's not that's kind of a trope that's required for T V that I feel like John and Sarah are like well, we're going to use this, but we're going to use it in a different way. We're going to use it in a way that what would really, what, what does this tell us about life? Um, yeah. What does this tell us about the way that life isn't, that is Space of Grey? You know, the beast, I loved that we started to see humanity of his. You know, Reynard, even though we only got a glimpse of it, there's, there's it's not so simple. Nothing is yeah. simple in the show. Right. And, and so it is anticlimactic, but I wonder if that, I wonder if that's the point. Um and then just the last thing I'm going to tell you about is a little tease cuz I know little something, something about season 3. Nice oh, yeah. um, there are things that you there were things that you guys are questioning there were things that you were like ah, uh, e, those <laughs> those are not being ignored. Um that I know. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that I think if you watched if ultimately the show was viewed at the end from the back for like if you watched all five, ten, whatever, how many seasons we did, I think all the answers would come through. But I think that when we're in the hiatuses, we don't know that yet. But I think hopefully another couple years, um, we'll have you all trust that we uh, won't let things slide. I think it, that's, sure.
2: that's great to hear because when episode 13 came around, mm-hmm. I was singing the exact opposite tune saying, this is very climactic. Mm-hmm. I love the finale. Oh, yeah. And Jason even said at one point, this show... Is now proving to us that they always come back around. Any threads you thought were dangling, we're lost. Mm-hmm. they address it, and yeah. you're absolutely right. So I'm glad to hear that's going to continue. There,
0: there's no polar bear in Lost. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, there's none of that. <laughs> if you guys remember. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my um. My, thanks for having me on. That of was course. my really long-winded way of saying
1: thanks. Oh, it's for all good, man. No, something we did learn while watching this season is that the things we thought that the show might have forgotten about and we would not complain, we would discuss it. And then the next episode or two episodes after, they'd explain that and we'd be like, oh, that's exactly what we were wondering. And yeah. then we have a running joke that you guys are listening to us and recording the show <laughs> after our podcast and then releasing it.
2: Everything we bring up, it comes on the next episode.
0: Well, you know, maybe we are. I don't. I'm not in the writers' room. <laughs> magic too often, but there's yeah, exactly. There's magic. But I think that it comes from. I think that you know. I don't know if you guys. I mean, forgive me for. Are you, were you guys? Did you guys know the books before the show?
2: I did. Jason did not.
0: Okay, I feel like everyone that's involved in this is fans of the books. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I think that if you're fans of the books, there's a certain type of storytelling that you're interested in. And I think that that's actually a kind of bond that everyone has and of course there are going to be differences and we're not going to make everyone happy and mm-hmm. you know there are things people are going to disagree with and, and that's great I mean I'm, I would, I'm, I'm happy when that happens mm-hmm. as, as a part of the show because you know that means that people are engaged but I think I wonder if I guess this is more a supposition I wonder if the fact that we're all like fans of a certain type of toy storytelling means that um, the concerns we all have are the concerns we
1: all have.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we just have the opportunity to answer the concerns.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was funny, the way we started watching the show. It was a weekend, I think, and I was perusing through Netflix just trying to find something new because we gurgitated... A shit ton already. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, here's Magicians. We love fantasy, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, uh, Christina was in the other room. I was like, Christina, you want to watch this show called The Magicians?
2: And you didn't like, even tell me what it was called. Oh, I didn't? Okay. No, because I was so surprised you put it on. And five minutes in, I said, this is really familiar. I feel like I've read this before.
1: Oh, wow. And then she paused it started freaking out, you know how book lovers do, oh my god, yeah. I read about this, and this is what, and then started, I was I like, had all right, no we got I a new d- show. I had
2: no idea they turned it into a TV show yeah. until you found it.
1: And then we were hooked, and then no, we did the I'm, podcast about it. I'm glad to hear that. And then we bothered the shit out of you until you'd, <laughs> come on,
2: <laughs> Our <laughs> fans, they are amazing, the, the yeah. people no, they are. that listen and, to the um, show.
0: It's great, no, I mean, uh, the, we, it's been, um, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot with the show, and you know, I've talked about this a couple of times in, in other interviews so forgive me for those that are listening that have heard me say this again um, but I'm a theater guy I come from a theater background and so for me what I always missed about film and TV was that that sort of the relationship, the immediacy where I'm on stage and I can feel what the audience is responding to and not. And whether that informs me or not, it doesn't matter. It's just there's a there's an immediacy of a relationship that's that sometimes is well, that's all the time lacking in film and TV. But what I found that was interesting with being on Twitter and live tweeting, I was like, oh well, I'm now seeing that. A, a glimpse of that relationship again and it's kind of amazing it's thrilling and people are so invested and so smart our supporters and fans are so smart it's it's really cool it's really cool so I've I've had an, a huge kick out of talking to all of you all and a huge thanks to you two and everyone who is fans of the show
2: thank you to coming yeah. on here because seriously I just have to start out by telling you, clearly you are our favorite character on the show. (laughs) Penny is incredible. He was my favorite character from the books too, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was necessarily a common sentiment because there are some differences from uh, book to TV Penny. But I always found that he was so interesting. Like There was so much more to him, so much depth of character. I think book readers are frequently disappointed by adaptation to TV. It's never going to live up to what they've built up in their head. And I think The Magicians is doing an amazing job of translating it, and especially with your character.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. um, I've had several friends. I had a handful of friends that knew about the books before I started shooting. I actually didn't myself. I read them after. um, Once I got the audition, I heard about the books. I decided to wait until reading until the audition process was closed just because I didn't I just didn't want to mess up my head to be completely honest with you I didn't want to like fall in love with this material and Mm -hmm. then start putting pressure on the auditions and then tighten up and then fuck it all up so I waited and but I had a few friends who had read it and they had that same they were Penny was their favorite character Mm. um I remember they said it, and then I read the books, and I was kind of like, "Why?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't fully. I mean, I got it. He's like a cool character, and he's 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 a linchpin in this very interesting way, and he is interesting. He's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. But I was concerned. Um, you know, I was I was really curious more than concerned. I was curious, like, how are people going to respond? Because on the outside, and I'm not talking racially um because i thought i think lev fans of levs are smarter than that to be so caught up in the racial aspects of it but like you know aesthetically you know instead of the mohawk and the moon face mm-hmm. and and the the studded jacket you have something that's become more gypsy you know i like to think i don't have a moon face and there's no mohawk <laughs> at more all more badass so, <laughs> so um yeah it's it's turned into something but I, I you know i argue and i have this argument with lev um uh, uh, i've had it a number of times um where i think that the he, he thinks it's a completely different character um and i i think that there's an essential truth to both of them that is the same
2: yes.
0: um, but he doesn't he doesn't agree
2: i could see where in the beginning it it felt so different to me and the longer the seasons go on the more i'm finding they're getting back to those same main points with your character they're just doing it in a slightly different way and i love that i love seeing how they reimagine it but it's still penny under all of
0: that yeah, yeah and I, I gotta give a lot of gratitude to john and sarah like when i came in to wanting to play and and actually a, a huge shout out to mike cahill who's the director of the pilot and he was instrumental in casting actually i was testing i was going down a path of auditioning for elliot and testing for elliot before mike kind of presented and pushed in the penny direction you know i was basically playing elliot the way i was playing penny it was like there was this like very like understated there was like a glacial quality to it um and and he brought it to Penny and it was really, um, they, they've given me a lot of, uh, leash, a lot of freedom to bring what I wanted to the character. They've given, um, a lot of breath for me to kind of be the artist I want to be within that. And so I, I mean, obviously they're writing the story. Ultimately I'm serving John and Sarah, um, and all the writers and, and I think they're doing a fantastic job creating the show they want to. So I'm serving them, but they, it's it's a, a huge gift as an artist when you are not, uh, when you get that kind of leash and that to kind of do that. Because I wasn't interested in, you know, there was a trap of going with Penny, the like, oh, uh, 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 too scared, like too skittish <laughs> yes. kind of like I have voices in my head. I'm like, you're the guy, like kind of Johnny Deppish. Pirates of the Caribbean, well, actually, that could have been kind of fun also, but I wanted, I wanted to go somewhere it was more interesting for me to go somewhere different and it matched up with, you know, what John, Sarah and Mike wanted. And, um, they've let me kind of roll, they've let me kind of roll with
1: it. So do you think the cooler actor or the cooler character was a result of when you went in to go for the part and you didn't know much about the actual book character and you were giving your own spin? Do you think maybe they dug it and they were like, Oh, let's oh. make this guy more
0: hip. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's actually an interesting perspective. I didn't. Yeah. Because I came in with no book knowledge at all. Like I didn't know who Penny was or who he's supposed to. I just went off of the script and the sides. And I, for me, it was like to me, it was a very simple thing. It was like, OK, this guy's heard voices for 20 years mm-hmm. thirty, twenty-five 25 years of his life. Either he's gone completely insane or he's so skilled at compartmentalizing and pressing them down. Cause I don't, I don't think, I don't think Penny's cool. Quote unquote, I think he's just really, really guarded and has a lot of masks up and that can seem quote unquote cool. And so, you know, for me, it was never about making him a badass or making it an eye For me, it was making someone that was just like desperately trying to keep it together. And just like with that had to be an immense, like he was, he was a prison wall, which is why Katie Is such a necessary character at the beginning of this first season to see something else. Otherwise, with everyone else, he's gonna, you're gonna see the same colors. And you know, again, they they let me again, they gave me a few episodes. They gave me a little while, a little longer than I thought they would, to let me just stay in those colors of like, I don't think I smiled until like the third or fourth episode. That's right. Um and (laughs) You know, again, that was like a risk I wanted to take. And again, I, I was allowed that freedom to do that because I was I was trying to build it up so that when you start to see the cracks it met, had more of an impact, that was what I was going for. Yeah, but going back to why they picked me, I don't know. It was probably the money I gave them that ultimately <laughs> got me the part.
1: Well, you know, I say cool, but I think you're right. We even have in our notes the fact that the insecurities that comes along with hearing voices, being different growing up. And f- finding a way to guard it and guard yourself through it, it oftentimes results in you lashing out to people and you know being more rude or being more cavalier in certain circumstances, right?
2: Yeah, and no, I, I I got from book and TV Penny afraid of being hurt, so so some of those walls are to mm-hmm. protect himself. Very oh, wonderful.
0: absolutely. Um, there's a there's a concept that I love that I will I've um, called jackal language. Um, it's I don't know if this is actually like formally a psycho psychological language, but I've heard it through someone who was, and he, basically it's the idea that instead of coming from your place of vulnerability, you lash out. Okay. You, you, you become the jackal. So if you get cut off ins- instead of expressing the true vulnerability, when I'm saying cut off, I mean, cut off in the, you in, in a car situation, mm-hmm. uh, instead of expressing the, Whoa, that scared me. I was afraid that I was going to get hurt. Um, you, you, most people are like Fuck you What the fuck were you thinking You piece of shit <laughs> So and, and come from that jackal space The other person All that happens is They feel attacked You know And, and you know It takes a special type of maturity And, and uh, emotional awareness To come from that vulnerability And come to the truth That people aren't coming From a bad intention For Penny, everyone's coming at him from it. That's his mentality. It's a a foxhole mentality coming from a place of childhood trauma. Um, And I think that in all honesty, most of the characters come from this place of not knowing what safety looks like. You know, I think that if you start with the six characters and then you even Katie as she comes in and becomes one of the the characters as well. and, And probably Dean on some level. But if you look at the seven of us, I think that all the characters are Deeply troubled with vulnerability.
1: Mm. Yeah, for sure. And you guys don't have grownups to help you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unlike Harry Potter. Dean Fogg does not help. He's like, all right, well, this sucks for you guys, but you got to go out there and I I don't don't even know how how to explain it. Could you get to the point?
2: Get it done somehow. But we are done.
1: Um, I'm doing my own thing with, with these other students left over. So you guys figure it out.
0: (laughs) You know, Dean interestingly is so aware of his limitations that he's like, I can't, he's like, I can't, what, what can I do? I'm, he says there's a line like I'm powerful enough to feel there's a time loop, but not powerful enough to do anything about it. That's right. Which is such like a kind of a tragic thing. I mean, it becomes such a tragic, it's like, oh man, um, I was going to say one thing. Oh yeah, mentors. I mean, who is that? I mean, let's see. Ment has been a mentor, but he's. I mean, I mean, he's Mikoski. My other mentor was Stanley, who who committed suicide. whose Whose solution was committing suicide in front of me, um, as if that was gonna be a good teaching mechanism. There are, um, yeah, they're they're not, um. They're not. And then my other mentor, I guess, potentially is the librarian who we find out at the end of the second season is like, hey, cool, you're dying. Like, that's your fault. Yeah. We'll try to take care of you, but you got to do your work. So it's not like a, a really compassionate group of adults.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not, no. to,
2: not just the adults, but I have to say, we said it so often through season two Penny's problems by all of the other characters are so frequently just kind of put on the back shelf. Like, oh, yeah, Penny lost his hands and he doesn't have magic, but we have more important things to deal with. And he's constantly just coping with his own struggles without saying anything about it while trying to help everybody else. And, and we said in season two, become increasingly selfless and proactive and just this is what we have to do and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that happen yeah. somehow which shows an incredible amount of strength, I think.
0: Yeah, it was a fascinating thing. I mean, for Penny to be involved in groups and just watching in the first season what that looked like and watching in the second season like, okay, um, I don't want to be the leader here. I don't want to be the adult, but I'm going to have to because I need you people. And it's it's not coming from like, this is what I'm happy to do. It's just like, this is what I got to do. I mean, there's a practicality to Penny, which I personally find quite, you know, i kind of admire you know he has the opportunity to run at the end with katie he can just be like let's dip like we can just travel out like let's live life on some like i mean he can go to another planet who knows where time is slower and he's like no there's this is something that needs to be done i know that i need to be a part of it for whatever reason and so he's like let's continue on um there's something interesting. And maybe that's a tragic flaw. Maybe there's tragedy to be fair. I don't actually fully know what's going to happen. But um, the, it is an, it, it's an interesting characterization of him.
1: Yeah. But Yeah. Penny's selfless. He's very selfless, especially in season two where it's more obvious. I feel like he's helping other people. Most of the time, even with his issues, his is hands he, didn't work. Is
0: he selfless?
1: Is he? Is he? No, I'm genuinely asking. Is he? Because I, I, I don't think about this.
2: And see, now this is where it's tough because I don't want to be tainted by my book knowledge. Because if I went by
0: taint, taint away, if I went by <laughs>
2: book, Penny, I would say no. There, there is always this element of caring about what happens to himself. And when you were talking about lashing out before, I think about the scene in the book where he attacks Quentin. And, mm-hmm. and really, <sighs> he's blaming him for not yeah. you know advancing to the second year as quickly right. as the other two. But I think it also comes from a place of being hurt. Now he's not part mm-hmm. of the Quentin and Alice group and moving on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he does lash out because he's afraid and he's vulnerable and he's going to miss that you know threesome that they used to have together. But TV Penny this season feels like he is a little bit selfless at times. I do think what you're saying is true. There's a practicality to it. If you want it done right, do it yourself. And sometimes he has to do that. But especially the things he does for Katie, I think, come from...
0: Okay, but that brings up an interesting question about selflessness and love in general, right? Is love selfless or is love selfish? Right. Mm -hmm. He's doing it. He's doing it for Katie, but he's really doing it for himself. Also, it's not it's not. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not placing judgment on either way, but I I don't think that, you know, I don't think that Penny. I don't want to sanctify him right now. (laughs) I don't want that to start to become what's the narrative. I mean, not that I can control. Obviously, everyone's open to their own interpretation, but I, I don't I don't see him as a saint yet. I see what you're saying and I see that there is the the possibility of a path where he's walking around where he might be. If you watch um you watch Sherlock, there's you know, he's a great man, but he might even be a good man, right? Yes. I think that there's there's elements of that at play with Penny, which I, I think will be um kind of fun to see how they work out. I think he's you're starting to see more of the goodness for sure. But I, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm love, just arguing for arguments. No, sake. I love I, I
2: love that that way of putting it. It makes total sense. And, and I was gonna say, yes, I think you're right with, with Katie, because there is definitely emotional entanglement. But the moment I really thought it was when he jumped in to save Quentin and pushed him out of the way when Reynard was coming. Was it episode 12? And he he broke through there, you know, the barriers went down and he came in and Penny jumped in and pushed Quentin out of the way. And You know, we know that he doesn't like him, per se, that much. So uh, was there anything to be gained for himself in that moment? I'm not sure. And I think that's the the first time I really thought that.
0: Right, but I think that that's, to me, that's an interesting... To me, that's... To me, Penny and Quentin are brothers that just don't know it yet. Hmm. You know, I think that that's a... I I think that they are, you know, two sides of a very similar coin. I, I think both of them came from places where they didn't feel safe ever. I think that, you know... Quentin triggers Penny's rage against privilege and judgment against, I mean, Penny is incredibly judgmental towards Quentin. I mean, incredibly, in the same way that Quentin is incredibly judgmental towards Penny. Um, And and it comes from a place of, hey, you were the white, entitled pussy boy who had everything you wanted, even though that's not in the whole story but that's Penny sees that and he's like I was out on the streets had to fend for myself go fuck yourself you little <laughs> pussy that's ultimately like that's the kind of mindset but I think that and that's actually you know we saw it in the first four episodes I thought you saw it really especially episode four I thought was really in the forest was a beautiful arc for Penny and Quentin to start to see what the potential of their relationship really is and they went away from it for probably long term reasons or whatever, I'm not sure. I haven't asked them or talked about it. But that episode was really, I, that relationship will always be one of the most important ones for me as an actor within the show and a, as a
1: fan within the show. It's just between Penny and Quentin.
2: <laughs> it's very complex. We were just talking about that today.
1: Well, you know, I think one of the things is, and I don't mean to harp on this, but for example, season one, I think episode one, Penny's helping Quentin and Alice but he's helping mm-hmm. because he, he needs to shut Quentin up from his head, right? So that's the reason that he's giving, and he's very pissed mm-hmm. off, so he's helping. But he's always en- he always ends up helping because of some reason or the other, disguised, I believe, as, because you're pissing me off, so I'm just going to do this to get you the fuck away, you know? But I think deep down, it's, de- it's more than that.
0: Well, I think that you're. I think in the first, I think that you're starting. It was always circumstances, and it was reluctancy, right? So that, that's actually there was like a theme in the first season of like reluctantly being a magician. And then what was exciting about the second season in Penny's storyline specifically was was the okay, I'm freed from magic after the first when my hands are gone. I'm freed. The voices, you know, and after the third episode, the beast is dead. I'm free. I got no voices in my head. I got. am I'm, I'm like free. I could dip. And Mykowski brings that up. I didn't have a choice in the first season, and I'm speaking as Penny, not me. I didn't have a choice in the first season to learn magic. I needed to out of survival. Now I don't. And all of a sudden you're starting to make choices. And it is interesting to start seeing the choices that Penny does make because he does make choices that are service oriented. Mm-hmm. He does make choices that are for, that are thinking about others over himself, someone. You know, and he's starting and I, I don't think he understands it. And I'm not sure that he's really that comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But it is something that's happening. And, and, you know, and I don't think he's conscious of it either. I don't think he consciously really thought through the decision to sign the thing. He was just like, I, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. and I'm going to get her. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I don't think. I don't think there's a lot of emo- emotional nuance and emotional um, maturity in any of these characters, Penny included. But what you bring up is kind of resonated with me. Kind of that 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 second season theme of choice, and you see it with all the characters now. You know, Elliot's making choices. Elliot's a, had a fantastic second season from the standpoint <laughs> of like with that question of like, I, I, frankly, all of us are. I mean, if I never, I not think I. I mainly focus on Penny, but um, if I kind of step back. Everyone had that kind of choice to make.
2: Yeah, There was sure. a beautiful arc for the characters. We talk about that in the season finale episode, how you open up the episode with the Ember voiceover mm-hmm. introing to everything, and he labels each of your characters. You know, the mm-hmm. bitch, the victim, the... And we talked about how, yeah, that was kind of fitting in a broad sense for season one, but they've come so far from them that it no longer seems to apply because they are growing up a little bit and starting to make choices. A little
0: bit. A little, little bit. bit. <laughs> some, little, some more yeah, than others. St- Penny's still the scowl Come on. Margot's still the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <It stole> the-
2: <laughs> Absolutely. But you brought up Elliot, and especially Elliot, I think, has Man. has come a long way from season one till now. When it comes to choice, and i got to be careful what I say here, but Penny joining the Order is very interesting because he Mm -hmm. had no choice in that. And I don't think he fully understood what the ramifications were. And yet, he's not lashing out against it, which I find very interesting. If I found out Mm -hmm. there were all these strings attached and I had a contract for the rest of my life and then some on my soul, Mm -hmm. now they don't care about me. They're going to let me die. I'd be trying to look for a loophole or getting angry at somebody, and he just seems to go along with it.
0: There's... I think there was this... What I kind of tried to play with, with the, was that, you know, Penny's nearly died several times in this show. I, I, I keep joking with the the, um, the writers that they just like to see me um, either scream or nearly die. Um, <laughs> that happens a lot. Um, but I kind of thought that there there's... I wondered if there's maybe some wisdom and some acceptance that mm-hmm. along with I'm going to die and I got three weeks to live. And what if it's like, we're not going to, cause it came in for me from the line, everything that I think about Penny always comes from the script and like the words they write. Um, but he said, you know, we're not going to waste time But what are we, how are we can deal with it? We're not going to waste time. We're just going to do what we have to do. Right. And, and I wondered if there's, there's a detachment that comes with that, that I kind of let, play out. He's like, look, I'm, I'm part of this. I'm there. This is what I got to do. This is the next step forward is to just do this. And and to go back about the order, he did have a choice. He could have stayed with Mayakovsky. Um, yeah. He made the choice to do the order. And this is where I think this is where, you know, love making someone a better person or not, or just making yourself whatever, doing things from a place of love. He was like, if I, if I join this order, then I can find out the name of the woman so that Katie can go find out Reynard. Yeah, mm. and I think that that you know that that's the that's the real motivation behind choosing the order is that I can help Katie.
1: I was going to ask you, like, why the fuck did you leave Mayakovsky? He was yelling
2: <laughs> the entire time we were podcasting that I Mayakovsky could have helped you. I
1: know. I mean, I love,
0: I love my, I personally think cool Mayakovsky is maybe my favorite character. He's so fun. And he's like, I just love curmudgeon people. I just get <laughs> such a kick out of them. Grumpy old men are just so funny to me. Um, and And... You know, and working with Brian is, is a true, true, true blessing. But um, I could see why Penny's like, I can't do with it. At, <laughs> least, at least the order's up front about stuff, you know?
1: Except for the order wasn't very quick to start helping you. And then, as a matter of fact, they gave you a book and they were like, work on your asshole and maybe you'll get some right. magic out of this. By the way, are you working right. on your Kegels on the offseason? Always. I mean, yeah? I'm, okay. I'm actually doing them right now. Okay, good.
0: Right now, just to make sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm interested to see how that the sphincter magic plays out because we kind of just mentioned it and it hasn't. Um, I've actually always had this joke about Penny is that he doesn't really do magic on the show. He travels, obviously, but you know, it, and every time in season one, everyone's tutting. Um, in the same, it happened in the second episode, I started to realize you know, uh, Katie um, does a four shove to the Beast, and Quentin does the magic to to get a, the the time stopped, and. Um, Alice is killing moths in front of him, and I just take a chair and throw it through a mirror. <laughs> there's, there's no, you know, um, Quentin sends me a four shot. I go and I punch him. Mike, is it Mike or Matt Elliot's boyfriend? Ah, shit, Mike, I think. He um, he tries to stab, and all I do is tackle him. Like it's just like it's interesting. that Penny doesn't do a ton of magic in general, um, so you know, maybe he' does won't all have the to punch you, asshole t-
1: so. Too much. Sorry, sorry. No, no. I stepped on you. My bad. I was saying Katie no, does know, all the know. punching, so. Yeah, exactly. She's
0: got she's got the punch down.
1: <laughs> you probably can't answer this. And if you don't know, then this is even better because we can yeah. get your real opinion. Okay, you're dying from the poison. Magic Ooh, me be- or Penny? Sorry. I said not to do that, right? I said <laughs> yes, make you sure did. I don't say you. Penny's <laughs> dying <laughs> because of the poison, right? But now Magic is dead. So that magic poison wouldn't that be dead? And now you're no longer dying?
0: Right. I mean, I hear the logic behind that, but I think there's probably more to the story. I don't think that, like, magic's... I have a hard time believing that magic is going to cease to exist entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know. But we... Because then they say that that... I mean, at the end, that lamprey person was after Alice. You know, there seems to still be some sort of... And Julia Julia is doing some magic throughout. So, I mean, I think that there's... I think I'm hoping that in the third season we get to understand the mechanics behind magic a little bit more. Um, You know, we've gotten, we understand that there's a wellspring and then a plumber. But I think there's, I mean, I think that that's one of the big from like an esoteric level of the show. That's like a big cliffhanger as well It's like, what is, what is magic? Like, what is it that we're using? Why can some people do it? Why can some people not? And I, I'm hoping, and I, I, I have a feeling the, the, that stuff is going to get answered. So I mean I don't know. I mean I don't know what happens. Is Penny dead? Dying? He's not dead. I mean I can tell that, but um, because I'm going back to work. So
2: <laughs>
0: well, I guess I could be in the underworld. I guess I could be. Who the fuck knows, man? But Look at um, Alice. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I don't know. He might be. He might be. Because it's been two months, and I'm I think Penny. And Katie we see? are the only two characters we don't see That's after right. the, after that two-month cryron so yeah. who knows where they are. They might it's, be chilling. It's
2: a good point, though, because we say magic is dying, but it, it, it's not really. It's being controlled. You see there's something bigger at work, and they kind of turn it off and on at will. The plumber comes in. <laughs> right. You guys don't get magic anymore. But I think we want to believe that, obviously, because we don't want anything bad to happen to Penny. We're looking for loopholes of how that could work out better. And... Even if he survives this, he's still got the problem of not having his hands and them not really giving him his magic back. He just keeps getting the shit end of the deal here.
0: Yeah, but is anyone getting a good deal on our show? Like, who gets a good deal on our show? (laughs)
1: That's true.
2: (laughs) No, they don't. That's
1: true. Yeah, but we felt we kept saying this season that we felt bad for Penny, and especially the latter half of the season, it felt like this show was beating on you. And I mean it
0: was yeah, fun to I watch mean, it but no I mean it's I mean as an actor technically it's. Uh, not technically but as an actor it's fun um, mm-hmm. but yes I mean Penny gets he gets it's a constant every episode life or death I don't think that any I don't think I mean there's emotional stakes for everyone else but I think on Penny's level it's a life or death situation almost every episode um, and again that's really fun for me to play um, but I'm glad that, that I'm glad that you guys in the audience haven't gotten tired of that that's exciting for me that's no. great good cool <laughs>
1: And we didn't no. get to congratulate you for a third season being greenlit. Oh,
0: thanks, man. I appreciate
1: that. We saw you guys all celebrating. Where were you when you found out? Where were
2: uh. you? <laughs> you know, where
0: was question. I? I've been. I might have been in India. I think I was in India. I've been in India three months out of the last six months, back and forth. I've been back and forth with India oh, a lot wow. this year. I've been traveling a lot, and um, so I don't. I think I was in India. Uh, I'm not really sure. I actually haven't been, I've spent very little time in New York or LA, so I actually haven't seen the cast since, since I left, since oh. the premiere, since like around the January time when we were doing some press in New York. Um, I mean, I've we talked to all of them on the phone. We, you know, we, we text a lot. We, you know, right now we're all doing the scrambling of finding houses and figuring out where we're going to live. We get back up there next month and start shooting. So oh wow, oh, shit! Yeah, so we're getting back to that time where it's like, okay, cool. It's gonna be really exciting again. So I'll have all the information, all the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: exciting, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's really fun. So we are get to do third season, and I, you know, it's it's a huge blessing. I, I've said this a number of times. It's four hundred shows out on the world right now, and the fact that you know, people are giving us an hour a week or. 13 hours over a weekend or whatever the case may be it's you know time's precious and um it's a it's a it's a gift that y'all give us and i know that everyone that takes that pretty seriously
1: oh for sure i mean the fact that you guys come on twitter during the show i'm on twitter before the show and after but we can't do it during because we're taking notes
2: we're furiously taking the podcast we're
1: pausing rewinding playing but we do see i'm sorry no, you
0: I I was just gonna say yeah, you kinda have to if you're gonna talk about like yeah. it's a it's a dense show. I don't know that I don't know if people really fully appreciate just how dense the show is.
1: I think they do. I think the well, true great. fans do. Our class no, definitely true do. <laughs> right?
0: They're true friends. I love it. Um but you were saying about Twitter.
1: Did you guys start doing that last year or is it this year where you started to say like I'm gonna live tweet during every episode? I've done it. As long as I've been in the country, every
0: week since we started. I remember last year I was in Cuba for two weeks, and so internet's tough over there. Mm -hmm. Um, This year I was in India, like actually India, about four or five of the episodes. I tried to tweet in and out, but I was it was ass cracking dawn over there when it was. So you know I love everybody, but I wasn't trying to wake up that early (laughs) to tweet. Um, So as long as I've been there, yeah, we I think most you know. Um, and everyone has their own relationship with, with the Twitter and, and the live tweeting. Um, you know, I think that Jason has, tries to do it a different way. Hale does it a different way. You know, me and Summer like to, I mean, they got to the point to this end. I was just having so much fun with Summer. I wasn't even really like tweeting the episodes. I was just tweeting at her. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> we're having a good time. Uh, no, but I, it's, it's fun for me. I, like I said, I, I can only speak for myself. I enjoy it. I enjoy the opportunity to, um, to interact you know and and we've gotten to go to the we've gotten to go to san diego this and twice to new york comic-con and um i don't know if i'm allowed to announce this but i don't really give a fuck we're going over to that san francisco id10t oh yeah Festival.
1: yeah yeah That's, so uh, i think chris hardwick's thing
0: exactly uh, yeah. yeah we're Sweet. doing a, we're doing a panel over there uh, end of june and um It's, it's for me, a a huge thrill to talk to people. You know, we had this experience in New York Comic Con that was in October of last year. And I'm going to tell you all, end of the season is always gets a little bit to be a grind you know it becomes a little bit you know you're in the thick of it you've been working many many hours every day all you're away from your families um and as much love and as much as the love you have for the crew as much love as you have for the material as much love as you have for the thing that you get to do you get it gets tiring you know and you get kind of you know stuck and we went to New York Comic Con and it was such a beautiful gift to be there. And we talked to a lot of the people that came to the panel afterwards and just like, you know, talk to them. And, you know, um, you know, I had a question from a young Indian gentleman saying, talking about what it meant for him to have an Indian character that was not, you know, beta and emasculated in certain ways and what that meant for him. And, you know, talking to people about, you know, Jason had someone talking to him about, he struggled with depression and watching how Quentin handled the things. It just gave him a sense of strength. And someone was talking about how, you know, her her and her mom have nothing in common and have really going through a hard time in the relationship. And, and this is something they can bond over and hearing those kind of things is, is, um, it puts things back in perspective of like why at the core we want to, like, I'm an artist because I believe in service and I believe in the power of storytelling and I believe in the impact it can have. And by a week, 30 of doing a show, sometimes you forget that, what we're really doing it for. And and that's, so the interacting for me has always been hugely important.
2: That's amazing because I have to say that's a major reason why we chose to do this show for our podcast as well. We had been on a string of shows uh, because they were talked about, because they were really big, but maybe not necessarily as complex underneath Mm -hmm. of a storyline a lot more for entertainment purposes and when we saw what was happening with the show because we did come on late and we netflix we binged watched all of season one we just kind of looked at each other and said, "They're doing something so special and different." And there's a lot of art going on behind it. This is something we have to podcast on. For sure. And yeah. we didn't take a long time to make the decision like we normally oh, cool. do. We just said we got to do it. Let's let's jump in. Yeah.
0: It's, oh, that's really cool to hear, man. Thank you guys. That's really exciting to hear again. Fuel, you know. <laughs> I, and this is that like every time I talk about the show, I I have to talk when you talk about the art behind the scenes it's you know the the department the designers we work with and the crew we work with in Vancouver is just the biggest gift um you know obviously You know, me and my fellow actors and and John and Sarah get a lot of credit, but it's, and you know, a lot of it's deserved. I'm not trying to take it away from us, but uh, the, the, to me, um, it's forgotten Rachel O'Toole who designed that throne room Hmm. and then the entire, you know, Kate and her entire art department team that then built it. Then we have an entire construction department that that, those towers, um, are built out of styrofoam. It's styrofoam, which makes it harder for me to play as much as I want to in the like during between takes um, (laughs) because I don't want to break things. But um, then you have, you know, Darren Marcoux and his incredible special effects team that work to build flames in it so that Ellie, uh, Smoke and RDP, who has a different look for every world we come into and who is so passionate about creating something to tell the story from a visual standpoint that he you know he has lenses made for our show he works with the lighting to to create actually it's a facet if you're interested in the the technical side of things behind um if you check out ellie Smokin on instagram what he does is he he goes through each episode and he usually talks through like how they did some of the lighting like what they did and how they did the looks and it's insane i learned so much from it um and then i got um magali guidashi who's our costume designer who's family to me who's you know whose family is uh i mean she's the work they do is incredible and in and in the turnaround that you have on tv oh two episodes from now you got to create loria Oh, crap. So, what do the guards look like? What do they dressed like? What is the whole aesthetic look of that to design an entire world, build it? the fairies and what they did with the fairies, which was like so creepy and beautiful in this way. It's just we are blessed with um true artists across the board um, behind the scenes. and it's uh it's you know it's a gift. It's a blessing. it oh, makes can- our jobs a lot easier.
2: We can respect that so much Jason and I That's, that's our background We're both artists And uh, so watching that I mean not practicing fully You more than me um, By day I'm an art therapist um, and Oh amazing Jason's a web- Let's
0: talk about that a What web- are talking about The
1: magician's <laughs> <board>? Let's <laughs> talk about that What's happening We met in foundations course <laughs> which, which is, is like oh A year of boot camp Art Fine boot camp Fine arts
2: boot camp Yeah Whereabouts
1: LIU Long Island University Oh word
2: uh, we both had a fine arts background and then I kind of took that in one direction, more of a psychology based thing. And essentially you use art in therapy to diagnose people and then to help treat them so that they utilize the art as a different way of expressing themselves instead of talking mm-hmm. about what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. They draw something, they create something and then that they use that to heal um, so yeah that's that's, that's a, the
1: dumbed down version there's a lot the very to it, but. simple no, version
2: of course
0: but, but that's so necessary right now. I mean I think that again this is you know the power of storytelling the power of art and in a world where we're increasingly moving towards commerce and as we all know, just today when the you know the Paris Accord was we pulled out of because it potentially hurt economy you know again when money is the bottom line it's even more important for us to stress and talk about the importance of art and talk about what it does not just from like it's fun and escapist which is true and look our show is that as well and hmm. I'm, you know it's, and that's important and you know listen when everything's at the shit you need to break somehow you need that but you know the other aspects of it—the work you're doing, the work that we want to do on a deeper level—it's—it's it's necessary to me.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more, and that's—that's that's really my passion. And Jason is a web designer, so he does it on the other end of things too.
1: <laughs> Art has been in our lives.
0: Oh my god, it's, it's you guys you guys can't, can't see him, but you should look how shy, you should see how shy he is right now. And he's he's it's so <laughs> it's very sweet. He can't
2: talk about y'all himself. He gets very nervous. Y'all
0: don't have, y'all, maybe I should take a photo of this. <laughs> <laughs> I might just take a photo of this whole situation as we as we as we're as we're doing this. Oh fuck. Come on, iPhone, work with me. There we go. Here we go. IPhone commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent.
2: And you're actually recording it's half we use it for the podcast studio and the other half of this room is for art studio. Our own art. Yeah. Oh cool. We can't see it, but
0: I can hey, see looking. some piece right back there, the tree. Oh wow. I don't know if you could see Oh cool. Look, this is amazing, guys.
2: No. Now you're messing up our camera. Good job.
0: I, I'm uh, listen, if you if you know me better than this, I'm I'm a shit disturber. The people in my world know that. I'm a shit disturber. (laughs) I like to disturb shit. Let's disturb it. Let me disturb it. That was on our Um,
2: question list, actually, Jason. Oh, yeah. What is that? Who's the troublemaker on on the cast?
0: Well, define troublemaker. You know what I mean? Like, I'll disturb shit. That's not always necessarily (laughs) troublemaking. Um, Jason, like, is our practical joker kind of dude on set. Him and Jade, actually, Jade Jade and Gary... Brooke, who uh, he they have a big prank war throughout the thing. I've tried to get involved with it, but I'm not a huge prank guy at the end of the day. Um, but I like to disturb shit.
1: Yeah, I don't do <laughs> pranks because I'm always afraid of what's going to happen back to me. So I'm always like, I don't want to yeah. do that because then what is he going to do back to me? It's not worth it. Fuck it.
0: But we do, I, I, I will say that we do have a lot of fun on set. We do have a lot of fun. We, we, we know um, the blessing that it is to, one, you know, All of us are young actors, but I don't think any of us have had it. We've all pounded the pavement. I think we've all, as actors, really you know uh, have worked hard to get where we are. And I think that there's an understanding, there's an appreciation that comes with that, of like, hey, man, my friends are not working right now, Mm -hmm. and I am. And I get to do what I get paid to do what I want to do. And I get not only that, there are people that are putting money to allow me to do it in a beautiful way you know, where I have, I'm not in a black box theater in New York or LA imagining that there's a throne room. Nah, there's a fucking throne. <laughs> there's a fucking throne and a crown that I get to put on my head, um, that people, that talented, incredible craftsmen have spent weeks on. There is, um, you know, it's, it's, a it's, I, I feel like, and, and Chris Fisher, who's our producing director, who I want to throw love to, who's, um, kind of our liaison up there, kind of, he kind of steers the ship up in Vancouver. Um, he is, beautifully positive in that way and like he's like man let's have fun and and it's just i've been on sets where people forget that this is supposed to be fun Mm. and that's that's always that's always sad um so i feel grateful again to be a part of this and you know that's something i actually learned a lot from when i was working on nurse jackie from edie falco because she was the um she was the best at that the best i've ever seen at that
1: you look so much younger with <laughs> Nurse Jackie, your hair. You got to bring it's, that um, hair back, bro. You got to bring I that mean, hair back. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's hard to grow that hair back now. I, I don't know. I keep going shorter and shorter and I keep liking it. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> Nurse Jackie, I mean, it was also a long time ago, bro. Yeah. It was eight true. years Why, ago. Fam, is that, that all? I started oh, my that goodness? Show. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, man. In 2009 was my first episode on that.
2: I know we're keeping you a long time, but...
0: No, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> we just... You got questions.
2: I have to ask... We did some research, and so I don't know how accurate it is, but it sounds like mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know how you keep track of it all. You're coming out with a movie soon, too. Is that true? Yeah. The Hungry? This,
0: the Hungry, yeah. Um, thank you for letting me talk about that, because that was a... That's been probably one of the most rewarding experiences I've had on just so many levels for me. Is adaptation of Shakespeare. It's Titus Andronicus. it was it was maybe one of the most challenging parts I've ever been given. It's um diametrically opposed to who Penny is. <laughs> and it's is, is so fun. You know, he's uh the black sheep of this family, such a runt. It's so fun. He's just getting, he's so feckless. is the word I want to use. And I shot it in India. It was a fully Indian UK production. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm very connected with my homeland. And I go back there often and it was always, my connection there was always personal and familial. Um, and to have it be professional and work with and see just the insane talent that exists over there and and work with people my age and work with people of my generation that were, you know, coming up and doing their thing it was so inspiring so gratifying on on every level plus i think it could be a really fucking good movie (laughs) i think it could be a really fucking good movie it's gonna be really interesting it's really dark again what excites me as an artist is taking things that are taking a risk um i mean this could completely crash and burn but it's ambitious as fuck Mm. it's an ambitious film and um you know, and I got to work with legends, I've been blessed to work with a lot of legends in, in, in my short career so far and and everyone that I get to work with, I learn from so much. And um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, they're editing it. They're going to they're going to have to do the festival route and, and we'll see what you never know what's going to happen with that. But just the experience of it was in uh, just
1: ah, beautiful, huge, 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 huge.
2: Well, we'll definitely keep our eyes out. For yeah, let it. us
1: know if you need us to, yeah. get, to oh, talk about worry. it or whatever. Oh,
2: don't <laughs> you can plug worry. away. I, I'm,
1: I will be all over that project.
0: That project is, um, that's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, and then you know, I try. You know, I, I yeah, I try to do a lot of things. Um, you know, I realized that things kind of coincided with things kind of taking a turn was when I started to have things that I was. Um, that I was in control of, that I had on my plate, so that when I went into rooms and went into auditions, frankly, I wasn't like, all right, this isn't the only thing that's going on, like, cool, if I get this, great, like, this is beautiful, but if I don't, you know, I still got to go home and do a ton of work for this other stuff that I'm doing, and so there was, um, there was a liberation from the pressure and the need, um, and, you know, counterintuitively, but a big lesson to all of us is that when we let go of that, you know, things start coming our way um, that are the right things. You know, I was working on how to get away with murder before the magicians. And, um, you know, it just kind of both of them came at similar times and magician kind of ended up being the one that was a, a better fit for me. And I, you know, I can't be and I love those guys on how to get away with murder. But it's, I'm having a blast on the magicians that worked out really well for me. Um, so, yeah. So, I did the, yeah, I got that movie coming out. Um, I do a podcast called American Daisies um, that we, um, we've kind of taken a small hiatus, kind of reworked a couple of things, and I've also been traveling a lot and um, dealing with um, some family stuff. And so we kind of took a little break from that, but we're getting back into it. Um, actually, us, I'm going to be in New York.
1: I'm sorry. Can you tell us what that podcast is about? Oh, sure.
0: It's, it's called American Daisies. Daisies are people from South Asia living abroad. Um, so it's kind of... We just talk to to brown folk, kinda let people know what it's like to be brown in the world today and, and whether it's different or not. And sometimes it's it's not and sometimes it is and it's just another way in to talk about humanity and identity through through our lens. And for us, you know, for Akash and me, who's my co host and, and co creator of the whole thing, who damn funny dude, damn funny dude. Um we it's just for us just a um a, a space. You know, creating space for a community to come together and talk about issues that might be specific to us or frankly just have a space to be heard and feel like okay this is a safe space for us to talk to this dude because we do a community episode we you know we try to open it up so that people can be involved um, so that's been a, a, a huge project that I've taken under with with Akash and, and very excited to keep doing that um, we might we're gonna be working on a potentially a book that might come Sweet. up with that. So just to kind of let it come out in the world and in the way, I mean, people, you know, I don't know. I don't. We don't really know what the fuck we're doing, but we're doing something. And we'll see what it ends up. Hey, to
2: that's, to we see. know that That's feeling. how this started yeah. three years ago. And it was just <laughs> for us to have a place to talk with our friends and people we know about stuff we're passionate about. And <laughs> we didn't think it was going to be anything. And it wasn't for a long time. It was just a hobby. Yeah. Um, but, but now it's a thing. It's getting That's there. Thing. Yeah, it's getting yeah.
0: There. Well, it's 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 a very well done podcast. I gotta tell you all that. I actually Thank like. You. I, I'm stealing. I'm stealing ideas. <laughs> it's all good.
2: Do it. That's when we started. We listened to every podcast we liked and said, "What are they doing that we that, can that take? That we can
1: rework. We, that we take, can rework take and it. rework
2: exactly." And we got lucky. Uh, we had a couple of shows that we did that really blew took up off. and and took yeah. off, and we didn't even expect that. So. It kind of launched us a bit. Um, and now we have you on here. Yeah. Look look hey. how far we've come. Seriously, it's an honor to have you on.
0: Oh, please, you, you're too kind. The last project I'll talk about, though, just real quick plug, is, um, is a theater company I co-founded out in L.A. called Ammunition Theater Company that's doing exciting new work um, and bringing, again, voice to the voiceless as much as we can. Um, but the thing I'm most proud about with that company is that we, you know, we don't talk the talk; we walk the walk as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we partner with the philanthropic organization each year, and we, you know, every member of that company's got to volunteer eight times a year and be in there and try to let's use art, let's really use artists and ammunition to change the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been, you know, I'm I'm thrilled and proud of that company as well. You should be. What? Yeah, L.A. people, check out Ammunition.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: You're you're in you're in Brooklyn right now, right? No, I'm actually in Indianapolis It's a long story, don't worry about it oh, Okay, yeah. cool
1: <laughs> well,
0: I'm in Indianapolis for a little bit But tomorrow I'm out to San Francisco I'm actually going to be up in New York In uh, uh middle of June For a little bit
1: <clears throat> I used to live in Williamsburg Well, my brother, yeah. my older brother Used to live in Williamsburg And I would live with him He was there for 15 years And then got pushed out Because now you can't afford to live there
0: Now it's expensive Yeah, luck. yeah I, lived out, I lived off the Grand stop I lived off of there. Three stops in. Grand Ave. Yeah, you were off the Bedford, so I was off yep. in Grand Ave. That was that was my home for about six, seven years, um, and then I've just been. Now I have no home. Half my shits in Vancouver, half my shits in DC, half my shits with me here oh, in Indianapolis. Man. Other shits in New York, and it's all over. I'm a little bit of a gypsy right now. A little bit, panty, little bit of penny. A little bit of penny. Penny. Yeah. Don't you wish I'm you could travel there. like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I used to. I lived there with my brother because I was interning in the city at a design firm. Mm. Oh, cool! So that's why I don't really know the streets. I knew I was young, so I just knew how to get to the L train, how to get, get to good. the the job, and how to get back.
2: I'm a Jersey girl. I don't I don't know Brooklyn. I've been in Long Island for 13 years, but I think wow. I'll always consider myself to be a Jersey person. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know that at all.
1: You played violin when you were younger, right? <laughs> yeah, and and you've you've talked about how they kind of utilized your skill with the violin to. choreograph her magical skills right
0: yeah so actually the tutting is a yes again the tutting is something you know i I couldn't talk about this when we were doing press for season two a ton because it hadn't aired yet but i don't i don't talk much because my hands are broken so like i (laughs) it was the i had the least tutting lessons out of anybody. but um we have amazing paul becker and uh kevin lee out in vancouver who are our choreographers and They choreographed to our strengths. I mean, they had meetings with us before the first season and talked to us like, what is your strengths? What is your not? You know, uh, Alice, uh, Olivia has a certain issue with one of her fingers so they like work with that and work around that to build into her what she does um you know they had their ideas based on characters and stuff And you know in the second season we were in fillery and they wanted to infuse like because the world was magical they wanted like it was bigger movements it was like that that but for me they knew that my left hand was more dexterous than my right from like a, a finger movement wise just because of playing the violin for so long and and they just kind of you know, Kevin's there every time watching and seeing, okay, this is what you do. Okay, for the next time, let me build into this, build into this. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's it's, again, another base another of support, another branch of support, another root of support, I should say, that we have as actors to help us, you know, do the best we can.
1: I think it was cool because that could have been, man, in the beginning, I would have been worried because that could have been pretty corny right oh yeah you hand, know like if someone movement. told you about it like or oh, we got this job for you what you guys are gonna do is like hand movements right and right. you're gonna it's okay. give magic that could have right. been bad but it ends up being beautiful and it feels almost real. better than having a wand it felt like oh yeah, yeah. wands are kind of corny look oh, at what yeah. they can do you know in, in comparison oh, no i mean as i
0: mean i'm a big harry five fan, but I, how did you not lose your wand more like, honestly, <laughs> like i don't i don't like it's in your robe like it's so clunky to get out do you have anything in your pocket like when well, i'm trying to take my phone out i how, have how, how time i'm dropping it like what and that thing's big so what, it just sits in your pocket like none of that ever like none of that ever made sense to me like the actual logistics and like mechanics of the wand never made sense to me and for us we're kind of free to that but that was one thing that lev was you know was really it was really important for him i know you know, I shouldn't speak for him, but I'm going to. That was a big thing that he wanted to see how we could translate that. And you know, Sarah and John, I don't know whose idea it was, but I'm assuming it was John and Sarah's, came up and sent us. I remember they sent us videos about tutting and we're like, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Yeah. It's dope.
2: Everything they do on the show makes you really believe if magic was real, this is what it would look like. And that's a big that's, part of it, I think.
0: That's yeah, a huge compliment. I really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool.
1: And what it does is it shows you that... Magic, even if you have the skills and you have the magic within you, you have to work really hard to utilize it. And then mm-hmm. once you know how to use it, it's still like real life. Things happen like magic doesn't cure all, right? Right. Yeah. You could have the power. You said you wish you had the power to heal mm-hmm. in, in other I interviews. Um man, you have done your research damn. You try. <laughs> <laughs> and but if if this was real life, even if you had the power to heal chances the are you wouldn't contagious. just be able to do this and then yeah. just, it'd be fixed. There'd be other yeah. things that yeah, happen absolutely. within
2: that. Well, and what do they call mm-hmm. them? The circumstances? The I forget circumstances. That, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's just, it's difficult. There's it's a million things to account for.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, in Harry Potter again, and even in Narnia, it's just, it, it was, the mechanics of it weren't addressed as much, you know? And that's not a, a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just saying they weren't. And I think that the opportunity Lev took to do that um, he grounded it in a reality. He grounded it in a real life sensibility, and that to me, I mean, the books are fantasies, but only as a guise to tell you about real life. They're yeah. not. They're not. They're sure there are fantastical elements, but that that's just real life.
1: Yeah.
0: in every way, shape, and form. And you know, hopefully, our show uh, does that as well.
1: Dude, thank you so much for your time. Oh, of course, man. brother. If there's anything you ever want us to talk about in our cast, like you don't even have to come on, just tweet at us and we can oh, bring cool. it up
0: and um. No, you guys are so dope. I'm happy to come on whenever. Like I'm I'm even excited. We'll do one while I'm filming this year. Just to like sure. throw it up and just be like, What how how are the number of ways that I can avoid spoilers in in one thirty minute
2: conversation? <laughs> I love <laughs> it. And yes, I mean it could the number be of
0: that would fail.
2: <laughs> five minutes, it can be an hour. It's you know, Whenever no, it is it. We... and
0: and I might take y'all up on that when The Hungry comes out because that is a that's going to be an interesting movie that I it's you know it's going to be a niche sort of situation because it's one it's Shakespeare two it's a bunch of brown people half of the time it's speak, spoken in Hindi um, yeah. so it's just a, you know what are people just getting people into the theater will always be you know an interesting exercise Yeah. so well, yeah, I, I appreciate that that's very kind of y'all uh, thank you for having me on thank and sitting up and know. dealing with the heat for an hour 15 minutes and listen I to sweat. my voice.
1: It's all good, dude. It's worth it. It, Trust it me. was a
2: pleasure to meet you. We had a great time.
1: We'll we'll see you soon. All right. Y'all take it easy. Right, and brother. stay in touch, please. Y'all go. Appreciate all right, man.
2: it. <laughs> Have a good care. night.
1: Man, that was amazing. I really love that. We hope you guys did too. Keep in mind that our next show is Game of Thrones. So if you're listening to us from our magician's channel or any of our other channels, make sure by next month you either Subscribe to our Game of Thrones channel or our main channel, which is just Coffee Clatch Crew. And in that channel, you'll get everything we ever release.
2: And in the meantime, we have a lot of exciting stuff going on you don't want to miss. On our free channels, we'll be doing a show updates podcast in the near future where we will review any news for the show as well as CKC and our coverage, including Westworld, Mr. Robot, and of course, Game of Thrones.
1: And if that's not enough, we have our Patreon page where all of our best Clatchers joined And we give you guys bonus content and movie reviews every month, and there's already a huge library that you'll have instant access to.
2: That's two additional podcasts packed with great information and fun each month.
1: That's about 18 hours of work for us given to you. Try it for one month. See if you like it.
2: And then going into July, you'll also have some special lead-ups to Game of Thrones, the Season 6 recap where we talk about everything that happened, bring you back up to speed, and the Season 7 prepper.
1: Until next week, this round is on Arjun. This round is on me! Please hang up and try again.